Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We'll be discussing the big divisional game against the Bengals at home at M&T Bank Stadium coming up this Sunday at 1 o'clock. And we have back on the show uh, one of our favorites, Justin. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. It was uh, always fun to, to hop on. I almost forgot that this was coming up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sorry for the last minute thing, but I'm <laughs> glad it's all working out. And we also have here Mike. He participates on Locked On Bengals. Yeah, uh, contributor with Locked On Bengals and writing for Sports Illustrated's All Bengals. Awesome. Yeah, so that's another going to be a great uh, perspective of how this Bengals team has been progressing. As we can tell, they're uh, doing really well in the division. They're four and two right behind. So if they win this game, they'll be ahead in the division, which is, uh, I think, a little bit of a surprise to see that the Bengals are off to such a hot start. But uh, we did say at the beginning of the season that this team was capable of uh, playing better than people expect and, and competing, and we're seeing it now. So yeah, let's, uh, I guess, hop into how the Bengals have changed since the last time we saw them. Mike, do you want to jump in? Sure. Uh, since last time the Ravens saw the Bengals, I mean, there's been changes. The Ravens got one half of a game against DJ Reader, the first half of the first game. They tore his quad, so he's fully healthy, playing great, a long defensive line, familiar face, Larry Joby. And switch teams, switch orange Ohio teams to the Bengals from the Browns. <laughs> yep. You got uh, BJ Hill, who comes by a trade from Billy Price. So they traded out a guy they weren't going to use for a guy that's been great for them on the interior. And last season, this is all defensive interior guys. Uh, last season, Josh Tupo opted out and he's playing again, a pretty healthy amount of snaps. On the edge, they replaced Carl Lawson with Trey Hendrickson. And linebackers are the same for the most part. No Josh Bynes. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are base down. Keem Davis-Gaither comes in. Back end still the same with the safeties, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And then starters, all three cornerbacks are going to be new for the Ravens. It'll be Chidobe Awuzie, who's having a career year as the number one cornerback for Cincinnati. In the slot, there's Mike Hilton, another familiar face, AFC North, sending their guys. Or Well, the Bengals are taking all the uh, AFC North defense guys, it seems. And then the other one would probably be Eli Apple at the other spot, which another guy nobody has seen in this matchup. Yeah, I think it's also worth talking about some of the draft picks you guys had. Uh, I remember uh, Chris was pretty high on uh, Joseph Asai coming out of Texas in our uh, draft preview. So I'm curious to hear more about how he's been so far. And of course, uh, everyone's seeing the highlights of Jamar Chase out of LSU, reuniting with Burrow and uh, just electrifying the field. Yeah, I don't know why I stopped at defense. <laughs> but, uh, oh, so I sadly, uh, preseason game one looked like he was having like a breakout. I mean, it's a preseason game, but he was doing really well. And then he, I think it was a... Might have been a meniscus that he got repaired, but he's out for the season, sadly. So never got to see him play in the regular season. But yeah, on offense, it's still Joe Burrow. On the offensive line, Riley Reef at right tackle instead of Bobby Hart, you know, a little bit more solid there. <laughs> Jackson Carmen at right guard. He's second round pick of the Bengals. Still Trey Hopkins at center. Left guard is Quentin Spain. I think that I think the Ravens face. I'm not positive though. He he joined late. So I think they faced him in the second game, second game. Yeah. 
Uh, Jonah Williams left tackle wide receivers still have T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, but new addition that everybody probably knows is Jamar chase and running back still Joe Mixon. But the second running back looks like it might be Chris Evans. Now after a breakout game last week where he scored a long receiving touchdown and put in work in pass protection as well. So you might see a little bit of captain America, Chris Evans in the backfield. <laughs> oh man. No actual relation, I presume. No, he's related to the Human Torch. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's he's just a guy from Michigan. He uh, sixth round pick, but he's been pretty impressive so far. Better than our fifth round pick from Michigan, I see. Very nice. <laughs> that was the fullback, right? Yeah, the fullback. Fullback, not yeah. On our team anymore, exactly. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely a, a very different Bengals team that the Ravens are facing. I don't think this is going to be the Ravens are going to have a, a cupcake game like, you know, they've unfortunately for you guys, they have had the past three meetings. But what stands out to me from everything you're saying is just how much they've transformed the defensive line. I do remember that, remembering back to what we talked about uh, in the offseason, um, looking at the Bengals, they put a lot of offseason capital into the defensive line again you said uh reader came back from injury and i know that the team was pretty high on on the free agent signing of hendrickson i'm looking over at the defensive stats you guys have and the defensive line 14 sacks for you guys on the season 13 of them uh is a defensive line the lone linebacker sack is from uh from wilson i mean is this just a matter of I, i'm forgetting who all the bengals have played have they had tough matchups against offensive line or is it just, you know, the defensive coordinators have brought in these guys and they're just performing really well? I think it's a, a matter of getting the right personnel in. Like I'm going to miss Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, but it was probably about time. And I remember being upset when they let uh, Carl Lawson walk in free agency, but then he ended up tearing his Achilles uh, right after he signed with the Jets. So I think we ended up with the, uh, the right call pulling in Hendrickson instead. And then uh, Logan Wilson, he's, uh, you know, he's really coming into his own. He's had four interceptions on the year from the linebacker spot. And if it weren't for uh, Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys having all those interceptions, I think everyone would be talking about, hey, this linebacker snagging all these balls. Um, and, and those are all spread out. Uh, you know, Logan Wilson's interceptions have been pretty well spread out. So it's, you know, it, it hasn't been the most difficult first half schedule, but beating the Lions, you know, without any kind of shred of doubt, you know, that's that's where it should be. Uh, I think this will be the big measuring stick against the Ravens, uh, seeing if the defensive line actually can compete with Pro Bowl MVP caliber Lamar Jackson, even though you're on your 12th running back of the year. Um, <laughs> They'll, uh, th this is this is the big one. This is the big test to see are are the Bengals for real? Were the first six games, you know, worthless, or or they actually stepped it up? So that's what I'm I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the matchup um, between the Ravens' offensive line and and this new and improved uh, Bengals' defensive line. We just talked about uh, going over the Ravens' performance against the Chargers. How um, it really was the best performance to date that the Ravens have had from that unit and that that unit has had definitely had some upheaval you know Ravens were expecting Ben Cleveland to be the starter at left guard their rookie he's down Ben Powers is is there right now 
Alejandro Villanueva was terrible at right tackle, but can apparently still play left tackle at least somewhat well. And Ronnie Stanley, who knows when he's coming back. So, you know, their offensive line, they're seeing some improvement from those guys, but this is going to be a really big test for them, I think, especially from a pass-blocking perspective. And it's definitely something I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, In addition to the matchup between these three wide receivers the Bengals have and the Ravens secondary, another place with uh, injuries for the Ravens. But um, it will be really interesting to see, you know, this is a great time for you guys to talk up Jamar Chase some more like you were before we started recording because the Ravens have done a pretty good job this year at really taking team star players out of the game. I mean, aside from Darren Waller in week one, who really had to work for it, you look at the games that some of the star players they played against Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, TJ Hawkinson, Cortland Sutton, these guys are having pretty poor performances based on what their averages have been for the year. So I'm interested to hear your guys' take about with Jamar Chase and how you think he'll fare against uh, Marlon Humphrey and, and Chuck Clark on the Ravens' side. Well, um, I think this is definitely the biggest test of Jamar Chase's short so far NFL career. Uh, would have been against Green Bay, but Jair Alexander isn't playing. He got hurt and he didn't play in that game. So then he didn't even get a ton of Jalen Johnson in the Bears game. He beat him deep once, but again, that's not a Marlon Humphrey. That's that's a guy that's oh, he's looking pretty good for a second-year guy. This is talking about one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So I think when you're the Bengals, you have to think about, I mean, with all the injuries at cornerback, they're going to probably do what they can to take away Chase because really about – 80% of the Bengals explosive 20 plus yard plays probably have been to Jamar chase uh, mostly just go balls down the sideline. Uh, there was a post last week, finally, but most of the time they just, they see one-on-one coverage and the cornerback and Joe Burrow. I mean, he tosses that thing when Jamar is still, he's behind the cornerback. Like it doesn't look like a good pass, but he's got this late second, third gear, whatever you want to call it, that he can just zoom past everyone so I'm interested to see. And the more interesting thing with this Humphrey versus Chase matchup is what everybody talked about with Jamar Chase coming out is that he can't really beat he can't really beat the press that well, the jams. And that is really playing into Marlon Humphrey's strength. So if there's any truth to that still, it's going to be real tested this week. I wouldn't be that surprised either if the Bengals try to go more to Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins just to get away from Marlon Humphrey without Marcus Peters, or I think there's more injuries along the Ravens defensive backs, but I haven't looked yet. Uh, I know Peters is out, right? Yeah, Peters is out for the year. We did have Jimmy Smith and Deshaun Elliott out, but they're they're back. Oh, they're back. Oh, great. <laughs> I was thinking like, <laughs> right. Just in time to play you guys. <laughs> even then, I, I still think that I, I would test those guys before I try to test Marlon Humphrey too much because I think when you test Marlon Humphrey, that's just playing with fire. I mean, eventually do it because you can't just not throw to Jamar Chase all game. But yeah, I'd, I'd look to maybe see getting the other guys going. I highly recommend on third and fourth down not following the Chargers game plan of throwing at Marlon Humphrey because it did not work out for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a really interesting choice that a lot of Chargers fans I know are upset about. Where like obviously you're trying to go to your best player, so to speak, but I mean Marlon Humphrey just had one of the best games of his career, and he's had many really good games and coverage. Uh, just every single time it seemed like on third and fourth down, high leverage plays, they wanted to 
test him of all people um and it wasn't successful um Averett had a, a bad game two weeks ago uh but last week looked pretty good so he definitely would be an interesting target you know i think t higgins is not a, a guy to sleep on i think unfortunately you guys spent all this draft capital and chase a huge name uh one of the biggest talents to come out of college in many years uh for many people and it's kind of overshadowing t higgins and like the incredible i think rookie campaign he had um and i'm excited to see you know, I hope he's getting healthier. I know he's gotten a little banged up recently. Uh, what he can kind of do against us, because I think he's an excellent player, and we obviously know what Boyd can do. Um, and I always like, I always like Alden Tate. I don't know why he kind of fell out of favor with you guys. Maybe you can shot, shine some light on that. But honestly, you guys are wide receivers. You have enough options that you'll eventually get to a matchup that could work out for you guys favorably and um, be able to execute on that. Yeah, with Alden Tate, I think it's just a matter of what too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, he's really good, but he's, he's not going to beat uh, Higgins, Boyd or chase. And he's so he, but he's, he's been good about playing his role and knowing his role. Um, you know, you mentioned T Higgins. I think he's, he's ready to go off. You know, Jamar chase has had several games where he's gone off CJ Uzama, the tight end went nuts against Jacksonville with all the touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Boyd had uh, one big game and, T Higgins hasn't had one yet. So, you know, I'm, that's kind of what I'm looking for is that chase is going to be locked down. Maybe Boyd's getting locked down and maybe now it's T Higgins turn. Uh, so, so he's the, he's the one I would, I would put my money on to keep an eye on. Um, and, and chase aside from, you know, being just what he's done this year, he's kind of closed everyone shut down all the arguments against the Bengals drafting, needing to draft a, uh, a tackle. Uh, I know it was uh, Penny Sewell that, that everyone, it was, it was pretty split among the fan base. Um, I'm not sure um, where you stood, Mike, but I, 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 I stood out of that debate and I said, I'm just going to go with whatever they pick. And sure enough, Jamar Chase had an amazing block against the Lions. So it turns out that he could be both <laughs> amazing wide receiver and the the blocker they needed this this whole time. So it's it's you know maybe maybe the this whole time you know Zach Taylor was right and the rebuilding was slower than we wanted, but it was what the team needed. Uh, and now that it feels like the weapons are in place. You don't have huge holes to fill like you did last year. There's obviously always improvements, but but especially with with the the offense, it's you know they're they're primed up and ready to to have a huge game. I feel like uh, I, I don't know, like a, a communist in the '40s that gets outed uh, and then gets <laughs> beaten in the streets or something because I was on Team Sewell. <laughs> Uh, not like hardcore or anything. Every time I got asked, I was like, yeah, they're probably both great. I guess I'd rather have the 350 pound athlete because I think that's harder to find, but hey, J- Jamar Chase has been rare. So I've been wrong. I thought he was great, but I, I don't know. I thought yeah, I, I'd, I want the safety because I feel like the Bengals might mess up the second round pick for the uh, offensive lineman and I mean, to be determined, he just had a good game. So I'm not going to say anything about that, but uh yeah, I if if you asked me today to go back and do it, I would definitely pick Chase. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely thought that was a big L on your guys's part. I was kind of hoping you'd pick just like if I were if I were you, I would probably went with the uh, the tackle there and protect your quarterback. And I think like unfortunately, as much as fans don't want to like accept the fact the the game is frequently one of the trenches, and it's not sexy, but like 
if you have time in the pocket, you can make things happen. And uh, if you don't, it or you don't get the right blocks in the run game, like you don't spring off big runs. So I just think, uh, while it's not like a fun pick, I've gotten more and more interested in offensive and defensive line picks. And that's kind of where I landed. But yeah, like you said, man, just the way that uh, Chase has been playing, you're like, okay, maybe he's a generational talent and it's worth worth doing it. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> he looks like uh, one of the best receivers to come from. But then you look at Justin Jefferson just last year. It's like so many good wide receivers coming out. So, but, I mean, he looks like the best wide receiver in this class and one of the best picks. But, man, I mean, there's so much talent wide receiver anymore. Just, I think, because there's so many wide receivers coming out now that even college and high school are all moving to three and four wide receiver sets for the most part. So, a lot of guys that used to play cornerback are looking at wide receiver like, oh, you know, I could I got a better chance to see the field. Yeah, it's a good point. We're still waiting for our first round pick, uh, Rashad Bateman, to uh, to make his mark. He uh, had his first game back last week. Uh, looked pretty good. You know, wasn't uh, wasn't anything crazy. Wasn't like Chase, but uh, we're hoping that he can be another impact player for us as well. Yeah, what happened with uh, with Hollywood Brown? He's been great. He's been great. Yeah. <laughs> Has he? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's in the he's in the top ten in uh in receiving this year right now as far as total receiving yards in the NFL. He'd be looking yeah. better if he didn't drop a few touchdowns, but yeah, I think he's been really good. Yeah, he'd probably be top 3 if he if he didn't drop a few of those passes in Detroit, but yeah, I mean, he's he's still he's got that element of speed. I think the the big difference I think we've seen from him this year is just he's been a lot more willing to fight for the extra yards and like add an extra gear to his game. In his first two seasons, he was always sort of content like he would be able to catch the ball, yet his hands were fine. But he would generally just kind of like slide out of bounds or try to make a move and then kind of like dive to the ground. Not really, you know, make an attempt for that. But I mean, now it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can put him in the short passing game. You can put him in the intermediate passing game. You can have him run, uh, you know, a go route on the outside. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he's going to put in the effort. I mean, that diving uh, touchdown grab against the Broncos was amazing. It was like one of the best uh you know, catches that a Ravens receiver has ever made all time. Well, the only highlights I saw of him this year were, were the drops. So <laughs> I think that's, that made the come on man for, for a, a big one there. Uh, the media <laughs> biases can't have that. No, I, I, it's funny, dude. Like um, my big joke about Hollywood Brown this year is that it was really the one weighing him down. His, his number changed the league rules allowing for a single digit for uh, receivers he was able to drop the one and improved his ability to make cuts in his uh, route running and he just is uh he's dominating now that was all he needed that that extra weight of the one on his jersey stitching was really bringing him Aerodynam- down aerodynamics <laughs> that's right yeah no he uh no he's having a, a fantastic year he looks like the guy we wanted when we drafted him and like chris said the way he's attacking yards after the catch and and just He's playing at a different level. It's really apparent. We saw glimpses of it last year. Those last couple games, he started to really turn it on. And uh, besides those drops in Detroit, I think he's been having a phenomenal uh, year, about as good as you could ever expect. And like Chris said, you saw a preview of the Bateman show. Uh, he had four catches for four first downs. He also did cause an interception that, you know, Lamar is going to have to deal with on his stat sheet, but it was a complete uh, Bateman problem where he dropped the ball and popped it up a little bit and there was a guy there to catch it. So definitely, obviously he'll, he'll learn from that rep and, and cause he keep improving, but uh, we saw him participating in blocking like uh, you said, chase was and, and, and overall, like he looks okay. You know, he looks like he, um, 
he might be what we drafted and that'll be really exciting for the Ravens because uh what we've talked about a lot on our show is that the Ravens have gone from ever having any wide receivers to people that we want to see getting snaps not getting snaps because they're actually pretty loaded now on the wide receiver front Duvernay has been really having a great year not just on special teams but catching the ball and even in some run concepts this week and then Prochet who uh was a guy that a lot of people thought had, had really good contested catch skills even uh, despite his diminutive frame, uh, he was just getting a lot of snags, being in the right place, and and playing really good uh, ball. And and we're seeing his snap share go down. So uh, we'll we'll see how it all plays out during the year. Obviously, injuries kind of find a way to make these things more relevant. But uh, definitely, uh, both sides have a really good wide receiver core that will threaten the uh, secondaries. Sammy Watkins still alive, or did he get injured? I'm not sure. He found his way on the injury report, man. Oh. He was he was doing really well for us, but uh, oh. last week, or not against the Chargers, but the week before that, he uh, had a hamstring injury. Uh, there's no timetable for his return. The Ravens are super duper coy about injuries. I don't know about you guys, but like we don't tell anything until uh, they're back. Essentially. Oh man, I was I was listening. I was like, is he having a bad year? I think he's a pretty solid receiver, but yeah. Uh, then I, I immediately thought. Oh, he might be injured. <laughs> yeah, Sammy. no, he actually, it's funny. Uh, one of the digs we like to have uh, on some of these wide receivers, they didn't want to come to the Ravens offense because uh, they didn't think there'd be enough volume for them. We're looking at Juju and uh, T.Y. Hilton. They're having much worse years than uh, Watkins is having in our offense. Watkins was actually off to a pretty darn good start. Obviously, we don't wish injury upon Juju, but he was having a, a worse start until until that happened. And then obviously, T.Y. has a, a lot to show after. He had a pretty good week last week uh, back from the injury, so he might be all right. But like, yeah, it was just like uh, funny to us. Like everyone thought there would be no passing volume. Then you have Lamar putting up 300, 400 yard passing games and and great completion percentages. And I mean, candidly, like we've been talking about that a lot this whole offseason of like that's a bad narrative. And if if NFL teams are thinking like all we're going to do is run the ball, like look at where they're investing. Look at the things they're actually trying to do here. Uh, they're trying to make this offensive passing game work, and the work is very clear. Uh, one thing that uh, might be worth bringing back to your guys is uh fan base is that we actually got two uh new offensive coaches um so t higgins and uh or not t higgins sorry uh team <laughs> t or team both t- sides <laughs> yeah team <laughs> martin team martin <laughs> and uh what's the other guy's name no i'm blanking keith keith williams yeah keith williams uh they're both yeah. um contributing to like our our passing concepts and the wide receiver coach room and it's uh it's it's showing dividends like everyone's has improved uh tremendously year over year they hired david Colley as the uh, houston texans head coach he was the old one so yep um if we're talking about offensive coach changes then the Bengals also replaced their offensive line coach jim turner mostly known for the bullying scandal with jonathan martin richie incognito with <laughs> frank pollock who was with the 2015 dallas cowboys which was known more for their offensive line work <laughs> that's awesome that's really great and you guys are seeing uh dividends from that oh definitely yeah, I think I think you definitely see them playing above their skill level. Interesting. I mean, we'll we'll see how it continues. The one thing that I think that goes into the Ravens' favor is that the Bengals' offensive line, when they do have lapses, it's not so much that they can't handle the talent in front of them. It seems more like a miscommunication along the line, whether that's because there's all these new guys working with Burrow and working with Hopkins and whoever's setting protections. So that's what wink martindale does best right he does he creates chaos for offensive line and this is like uh having your final exam in the i guess a midterm then a midterm in the middle of the year because this is going to be a hard test on them i think the hardest one they've had so far and 
I mean, Mike Zimmer is also difficult with that, but this is like every down and not just third down where Mike Zimmer gets wild, uh, trying to communicate and make sure that everybody ends up protected. You don't let a free runner through when only when they only send four guys. Yeah, and the, the weak points on the the Bengals line this year definitely interior center and and the two guards. Um, the center Trey Hopkins he he tore his ACL last year. I forget if it was before or after Burrow, but he, I, th- I think it was after because he seemed to rush back and he's not where he was. He's not horrible, but he's missing more than he should. Um, but Jackson Carmen, the, the second rounder, he stepped in at right guard, even though he was a tackle in college um, due to uh, Xavier Sofilo going, uh, going down. And he's, you know, it's, he's made rookie mistakes, but just for plugging in a a guard position coming from a college tackle, he's been doing great. And then Quentin Spain, who uh, was added, I think we, we mentioned was added mid season last year had, you know, a quiet few games, but this year, I think he's been the highest graded lineman for the Bengals, maybe, maybe other than Jonah Williams. So the, it's the interior offensive line that, that, you know, let the, horrific accident happened to burrow last year and um it's hard to find good guards but you know it's it was the weak point but the Bengals have been filling in so i'm curious to see how your interior defensive lineman the the tackles try and get in there yeah for sure i mean from the raven side um clays campbell has been having an outstanding season um, I know last year he had a pretty good start to the season as well, but kind of tapered off in the second half. I think this year it's it's like a, a totally a different level. It's run defense, even pass rush. He's he's been making a lot of plays, even special teams. He had that block field goal uh, two weeks ago uh, against the Colts that kind of kept us in that game. But yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a menace. Um, Odafe Owe, our second first round pick from this year as well, has just been a monster. Wink has really liked to kind of use him in a lot of different ways. Like, um, I mean, he, you know, winds up a lot of times as an outside linebacker, kind of rushing from the outside. But Wink has also just included him kind of as a, on the inside to kind of get some interior pass rush. He's also kept him as sort of like a linebacker spy. And so that if a hole opens up, he can kind of close that gap and make a play on the quarterback really quickly. Yeah, so you guys are definitely going to have to have an answer for him. Uh, particular because I, I think he might surprise you guys. They use him like that rover, like uh, Zadarius Smith in Green Bay and uh, Melvin Ingram, wherever he goes, they just move him over wherever they think the matchup's best and send him. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm mostly scared of the Wink Martindale blitz package that will be coming rather than any one-on-one matchup because yeah. last year, I think, oh God, there were probably like 10 at least 10 pressures that were just, oh, there's another guy coming down the A-gap. Uh, I don't know why this guy messed that <laughs> one up, but yeah. it happens. <laughs> it's, it's tough. They put eight guys on the line, and you got to figure out which four are coming. Yeah, we've, we've, we've struggled picking up the blitz in general. Um, part of it's communication, part of it's um, just youngsters. Uh, if, you know, if Mixon's not in there, the other running backs uh, have been having trouble picking anything up Mixon's a little better but it's uh, you can't blitz every play obviously but I, I think that's where the big impact plays are gonna come in well if there's anyone who would try it would certainly be wink 
That's what I was gonna say. I say like, you say he can't blitz every play, but he'll try. <laughs> I think everybody. I think everybody was thinking that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. I think the only the only game this year, the only game in probably the past three years, from what I can remember, that, that the Ravens really pulled back on the blitz was that game against Kansas City because they were like the Chiefs just just tore them apart on those plays uh, the previous season, but. Other than that, we we even talked about it um, going into this Chargers game. We're just like, well, are the Ravens gonna gonna give Herbert a little more respect, like they did Mahomes? You know, they can they can burn you with Allen and Williams. Nope, nope. Just kept going with the disguised blitzes, and it, it worked out for them there. But yeah, it's the Ravens do seem to live or die on on the blitz packages. I mean, they've had success with it this year. They've been burned by it this year too. So. Um, it'll be interesting if if you guys can hold product, uh, protection long enough. Um, there is a chance for some big plays there on the Cincinnati offense side. Yeah, Burrow's generally been good about getting the ball out in a hurry, which has kind of covered up some of those the blitz problems. But you know, it it's still scary. Yeah, I think one thing as well we will be looking towards is uh, your ability to run against this Ravens defense. Uh, the Ravens run defense has been a little bit all over the place, although being well ranked in the overall NFL landscape, but we were seeing a lot of chunk plays, a lot of uh, bad tackling, and obviously Joe Mixon's one of those workhorse backs that can really uh, produce. I know he had a little bit of a injury earlier, but uh, starting to uh, get healthy again, it looks like. And also, it seemed like he was getting targeted more in the passing game. So I was wondering if you guys want to talk a little bit about how you guys are using him a little differently this year. Well, just that Gio's gone, and that means the third down roll opens up. And now that doesn't mean it's mixing every time because we've seen P. Ryan there, and we've seen Chris Evans in that spot. But, I mean, when you're on the field in third down and you can get into a passing pattern, that just opens up more opportunities for you to catch the ball rather than first and second down where – I mean, there's some, but a lot of it's just like a design screen or something like that. Uh, while if he's just part of the play, then he's going to get some passes just as a check down or whatever else. Um, Bengals also have gone back to some under center wide zone stuff, which fits him better than the shotgun inside zone stuff, in my opinion. You saw him in 2018 in the same system lead the AFC in rushing. And he has been, this is probably his best year since then, uh, running the same system. So put him in a better system for running the ball. And he gets a few more passes by just being on the field. And that's really led to, at least in my opinion, that's what's led to any difference in his play this year. And against the Lions, it was the first time I'd really saw him making some pretty sharp cuts for a while. So I think he, I think that was, I think he was actually a hundred percent against the Lions. He had some pretty, some pretty big ankle breakers. Um, and, you know, last year plagued by injuries a little bit earlier this year. So if he's feeling healthy and they can, you know, get the passing going, it should open up. You know, I would expect to see a lot of wheel routes by the running backs to, as a counter to the blitz. Um, so, you know, and, and Chris Evans proved he can catch the the Joe Burrow deep ball as well. If you saw his, you know, almost diving touchdown catch down the sideline. Um, and then I'm not sure if P. Ryan will be back this week, but he he's more of a he's not so much a pass catching back. But I would I would say Mixon will get probably at least six targets um, in the passing game. 
Yeah, if you see P Ryan in the game, he's blocking. He's not running. A, he's not running anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess one other piece to talk about on the offensive side would be uh, your tight end play. I know Uzama has had a couple uh, bigger games here and there. How's he been playing? Is he developing, or are these just more blips on the in the box scores? I think. Uzama is the type of player that will do what needs to be done. He's he's solid at blocking and solid at catching, and he accepts his role. Like if Chase or Boyd are having a great game, he's out there just helping. And then if they need him to step up, like they did against Jacksonville when some of the guys are struggling, he steps up. So I think I think his big what he really brings to the team is is his uh, leadership role. I'm one of the few who watched the press conferences after the game, and he's he's a pretty good crack up. Um, so I think he's just happy to help. I don't think he's going to put himself above the team. So as far as predictions go, he could have a quiet game. He could have a big game. Just whatever they need him to do to win, he's gonna he's gonna do it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who matches up with him when the Ravens do blitz and see. Uh, is it Patrick Queen or is it Chuck Clark or is it whoever else? Um, because he can beat guys. And I was skeptical of his athleticism after the Achilles tear, but uh, he's been fine. He's come back from his injury, same athleticism that he used to have. And against Jacksonville, he had a catch and run where he uh, it's like throwing a guy down, running another one over into the end zone. So he's, I don't know, maybe underrated is the right word, but it's kind of like under the radar. It's not the guy you think about, but he's the type of guy that he can go for 75 yards and a touchdown in a few plays because he's a pretty athletic dude at tight end. Yeah. We also uh, don't forget we have Drew Sample uh, last year's second round pick. So, hey, watch out for <laughs> for that one. I have forgotten. He tripped over his own feet and then dropped a pass in one game. So <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, man. That's that's got to be one of the like you you think of a guy named Drew Sample and you're just like is that like one of those uh, computer generated players that Madden spit out when you're like in <laughs> year fifteen of franchise mode? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just some guy we took like ten picks for DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah, oof. Everyone has that story, man. Yeah, no, that was two years two years ago. Second rounder. It was Zach Taylor's first draft and. I don't think anyone was excited, but I was like, oh, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. And I mean, I guess he can block, but for a second round tight end, that's, it's just not worth it. What he's, what he's done so far. Tight ends are weird, man. We were seeing Max Williams. We, I think spent either second or third round on him. Like we, we invested highly in Max and he did nothing when he was with the Ravens. And then he started actually having a little bit of success with Arizona years later. And then, of course, he got hurt, which is kind of a bummer for him and his career outlook. But, uh, yeah, I think you see that with the tight end position sometimes where it takes a long time to get them going. We have a Thaddeus Moss on our practice squad. I was, I'm hoping he'll get a shot at some point. I don't I mean, he's decently athletic. Madden generated name. Uh, is it Chris Wilcox? Something like that. He's the third tight end. He plays oh. like five snaps a game. Yeah, Mitchell. Mitchell. Mitchell Wilcox. Wilcox that's it. I couldn't I, get the right Madden generator yep. first name. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a special teams guy. I, I'm trying to think. I think I've seen him on. I just I don't pay enough attention to you know blocking tight ends, but he's he's special teams mostly. I wouldn't expect anything out of him in the in the play though. Yeah, Chris Wilcox was a former uh, former 
uh, power forward for the Maryland Terps. You might just have the <laughs> UMD on the mind talking to Maryland people. None of power, us are UMD graduates, but <laughs> yeah, power forward tight end isn't that the same position? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> every time one of those guys, uh, you know, comes into the NFL, the announcers never let us forget that they played basketball in college. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, guys, are there any other uh, matchups we should be keeping an eye on for this game? I guess one question I would have is: Do you guys think that your defense will focus on? Uh, taking away a run game or a pass game, or what, what scheme do you think you'll try to deploy against this Ravens offense? The Bengals, every time they've played the Ravens, try to get into what I would call two high flat foot quarters where they're going to try to have both safeties into the run game because they're more worried about that than they are the pass game. But they try to do it from like nine, 10 yards of depth to, and this has had varying success. Uh, I thought they did fine in Baltimore last year on defense. It was most of the offense that did terrible. And then they came with the same game plan with worse players and the Ravens ran for 400 yards. So I don't know. Uh, they used to try to, this is the only game they try to play three linebackers at once. Cause they like to have the second level guys to flow with the, uh, any option play and not get caught up in the wash. So it'll be interesting. I think the game plan's fine. It's kind of the same thing that the Titans have tried to do. Uh, against the Ravens, it seems like every year in the playoffs with more and more second-level players, it seems like every time they play them, they add another linebacker and lose another defensive lineman. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think they're going to try to focus on the run. I think they'll try to... You don't really play too much man coverage against the Ravens but because uh, Cheetah's been... I mean, he shadowed everybody. He shadowed Devontae Adams. I don't think they'll shy away from having him follow around Marquise Brown after that. Uh, and he's been having a pretty good year. So that'll be, I think that'll be an interesting matchup because Marquise is having a pretty good year himself to see which one of these two breakout guys can hold each other down. And then can the Bengals actually do a good job so far, but they haven't faced the Ravens. Well, as long as it doesn't come down to five missed field goals in a row, that'll be all right. <laughs> Actually, that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, Tucker versus McPherson. Uh, Evan McPherson, I think he he could make a 66-yard field goal in game situations if, if it came down to it. He's He's got a massive leg. Uh, and I know Justin Tucker, I think, had six field goals against the Bengals what, three seasons ago, and that was the only points the Ravens put on the board. So uh, let's maybe we'll have a kicker battle. That'll be fun. I don't want to get into a kicker battle with the Ravens. I don't care how good McPherson is. <laughs> Do it with any other team. <laughs> yeah, it's a matchup. Uh, I don't think any any team in the NFL wants to take on at this point. The guy's uh, a little different. That's right. We're we're the only franchise in the NFL where you will see a decent amount of your t- home team's kicker among the jerseys that fans wear in the stadium when you go. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah, my cousin has a, a, a Tucker jersey, and her boyfriend has a, a Lamar jersey, and they're like, together, Brandon Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so Or Mark Andrews. Or, yeah, exactly. Or you can just turn it around, <laughs> and then you have Mark Andrews. Very beautiful. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny when they posted that. But, uh, yeah, that it is really special, the relationship we have with him. He's, like, on commercials and stuff in the area, and uh, he's definitely a, a fan favorite for sure. Yeah, the, I've, I've been so jealous for years of just needing to have a kicker who can make something when you need to without pulling both of his calf muscles on a on a kick or, 
you know, anything. So I'm, I'm hoping I was actually uh, two years ago when the Bengals drafted Jake Elliott in the fifth round and then put him on the practice squad and the Eagles signed him off the practice squad before week one. And he went out and made a 61 yard field goal in his rookie debut. I was like, that was our chance to get someone. So this, this gives me more hope than the last several kickers probably since Shane Graham. Mm. An amazing debacle to draft a kicker in the fifth round and then lose him uh, because you put him on the practice squad for Randy Bullock. Yep. Uh, we knew what Randy Bullock was. <laughs> yeah, that's really frustrating. That 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 uh, kind of reminds us of uh, our fifth round pick this year. Yeah. So feel you on that, man. That's the second time you've brought him up uh, this podcast, Alec. I know, man. I just are you, are you really feeling it? I think you brought him up in the Chargers recap too. You know, you know what, feeling really salty about that pick today. You know what? I'll tell you why. Now, well, the last episode was my fault. I brought up Pat. Oh, is it you? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, brought him up. Yeah. yeah, the reason I keep bringing him up is because we were reminded today by the Ravens getting off waivers, uh, Brandon Knight from the Cowboys, an offensive tackle talent that, like, maybe with their fifth pick, they could have drafted one of the many offensive tackle developmental prospects instead of us having, like, to find any random human that happens to play that position <laughs> through waiver processes. That's, yeah, that's the only reason I bring it up. I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Brandon Knight was acquired by the Ravens, and uh, it's just it's just frustrating, man. But <laughs> it is what it is. Apparently, um, Ricard had some issues uh he had a, a surgery in the offseason, so there's speculation the Ravens were hedging their bets with that. Oh, okay, I was going to say because uh, that'd be one of the weird. That's one of the weird things to draft a fullback when you're one of like the three teams that has a good fullback <laughs> already. Yeah. So, well, it's also weird because like we're one of the three teams that actually even really use a fullback, so like they're not that in demand. You probably can find one. <laughs> like you don't need to necessarily draft it. So. It's much harder to find at least than offensive line depth. Offensive line depth is like a fascinating thing where no one really wants to trade it away, even uh, if they have some depth because they know like it's a valuable commodity. So it's really important to build it in house, which you guys know super duper well, you know, with <laughs> trying to get your offensive line, uh, you know, to another level. So it's just tough. It's really hard. Like we were talking about earlier, like it's not sexy to make those picks, but they really pay off if you do them well. All right, I guess we're at the part of the show now where we'll go into our bold predictions and score predictions. I don't know if uh, one of our guests wants to lead it off. Okay, uh, bold prediction. <sighs> I will go with, I'll say a Mike Hilton has one sack. He hasn't gotten a sack this year. I don't know. Is that bold enough or should I get more crazy and try to say that uh, Trenton Irwin goes for 50 yards? <laughs> I'll stick with Mike Hilton. It's a better bet. <laughs> that sounds good. You know, it's funny. Mike Hilton was one of the guys I was hoping the Ravens might sign this offseason. So it's uh, I'll be able to keep an eye on his play. I'm going with the Ravens are going to win the game 24 to Bengals 17. But I think I think it'll be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I think they're going to keep it close. But I just think that at the end of the day, the Ravens have a matchup with the Bengals where they get to put their strength onto the Bengals offensive strength and the Bengals. Well, I think they're, they're getting there. They're still probably one year away from truly contending. Mike, I don't know if you looked into uh, the betting lines. I always like try to bring this up because it's a, it's a good idea to look into uh, for what Vegas thinks, but you're like right on the money with what they're thinking. So the Ravens are a six and a half point favorite right now with the over under at a uh, 47.5. So your, your score prediction is like basically right on the money. Oh, good. I'm just shock. 
Uh, I guess uh, I'll throw out a bold prediction. Uh, uh, I'm going to say in this game, there will be zero turnovers between the two teams. That's my bold prediction. Mm. And the score, I'm going to say tighter. I'm going to say 33-30 Ravens. High flying affair. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I can jump in next along the lines of uh, Mike picking a Ravens, I mean, a a Bengals player who hasn't gotten a sack this year. I'm going to make a bold prediction that Jalen Ferguson gets, no, I'm not going to do that. That would be, (laughs) this isn't insanity picks. This is bold predictions. Um, I am, we talked a bit about Jamar Chase, how he's an electric talent for this Bengals team. I think that he's going to be a thorn in the side of the Ravens defense for years to come. But just like Joe Burrow had to take a lump on his first outing against the Ravens defense and along the lines of what the Ravens have been doing, kind of shutting out star players. I'm going to say that the Ravens hold chase to, to under 30 total yards, which is not meant to disrespect chase. I just think that the Ravens are going to do a good job at scheming him out of it and having the Bengals have to go elsewhere. And for the score prediction, I'm also going to say it's tight. I'm going to say 21 to 16 Ravens. Nice. I'll follow up with that. Um, I think for me, uh, I'm I'm definitely looking for the second and third, well, probably third and fourth receiving options for the Ravens to to continue to take a step up. Um, Bateman last week had a pretty good game. Uh, Devin DuVernay as well, shined as well. Um, so I'm hoping that they uh, they come out in a big game this day. So I'm going to say that Bateman and DuVernay both have a touchdown in this game. Um, and I'm going to go uh, – I, I do think it's going to be a good game. I think the score, I'm going to go with a little bit of a larger spread. I'm going to go 35-24 Ravens. And part of that is I'm going to be joining the flock uh, on Sunday to uh, to cheer on the defense. So I'm hoping that my contributions are, are helping toward the score. So Are you actually going to the game? Yes, I am. Ooh. I'm taking. I'm taking my grandma. My grandmother's never been to M&T Bank Stadium. She wanted to go, so family's going. Where are your Where no. are your seats? I think some of us are going to be 148. One of us is going to be in 111. I oh. think. Yeah. So lower bowl. Very nice, man. Excited for you to contribute to that. I always like knowing uh, a a good, loud member of the Ravens flock will be there, ready to bring uh bring the energy. It's always good, man. So I I, I totally whiffed. At my bold prediction last week, I said that Lamar was going to throw for 400 yards. I was I was talking about that being his next streak after the rushing streak got uh, snapped, and that he was going to go for 400 yard passing games, and that was uh, completely wrong. Where he didn't even cross 200, so I need to get a little less bold, maybe. Um, <laughs> and my my bold prediction is going to be uh, more uh, monumental. So I don't know if you guys caught this uh, little tidbit because, like uh, Justin, I listen to a lot of the uh, little interviews they do. And Justin Houston wants to take the jersey of whoever uh, he uh, gets his 100th sack against. So he wants to do a jersey swap with whoever that is. So I'm going to predict that that happens against Burrow and that he gets his 100th sack this game. Um, And I don't know if that's bold enough to say just one sack because all he needs actually is a half sack for this. So I'll go a little bit further and I'll say that he definitively gets it with uh, at least one and a half sack events. Now to go with uh, my score prediction... I really think that you guys are a a good team this year, but I do believe that the Ravens will be able to roll. Um, I'm thinking that they're going to put up another 30 spot, so I'll call it 31 to 17 Ravens win. I feel like 31 to 17 has happened a lot with both teams winning. Like looking, thinking back to all the scores in my head, that seems pretty common. 
the main two things to think of with the Ravens are that amazing AJ Green, Steve Smith Sr. Uh, matchup where they both went for like 200 yards. And then I think of the Tyler Boyd play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. I'm sure Ravens probably think of like <laughs> other games they won. Oh, where, man. But I just well, think I, like, I don't think I'll ever forget the Tyler Boyd play because I, I told Justin this last year, but I, I was actually at that game. And it was like freaking like. 12 degrees um, at the st- at kickoff and I was, so I, I couldn't even feel my feet at the end of it when when Boyd made my uh my freezing in the, in the cold to watch the Ravens clinch the playoffs all for naught so <laughs> well I think it's pretty I amazing I'll never forget that play <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing like you can say the Tyler Boyd play and we all know exactly which play you're talking about Yep, both fan bases. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't want to repeat myself in case I have shared the story before, but I also had a very memorable uh, way to see that play, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, it was not great. Were you at a wedding? Yeah, exa- yeah I guess I did bring it up last year. I was at a wedding that Yeah, you game. were warm. You don't, you don't get to talk. <laughs> yeah, I was at a wedding. <laughs> my, my cousins was getting married, so I was, like, checking the score uh, stealthily in the church. And then we were driving by because the, 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 I guess... Uh, you know, reception was downtown, so we were driving by the stadium as they lost. I was like watching it on some sketchy stream, and uh, yeah, I was like super disappointed to be passing them as that happened, and just being like, "Well, there goes our season," <laughs> you know. So, but we had a great night. Like it was like it, the, I forgot about it quickly at the wedding. At least I at least had a distraction. Open bar that helps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks so much, guys, for joining the show. Uh, I guess we'll start with Mike, uh, where they can find the rest of your work. Really just uh, find me on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. Um, if you don't have a Twitter, then catch me on Locked on Bengals once a week. Check for the film review episodes and the Sports Illustrated's All Bengals, where I let out at least two articles a week. Awesome. Definitely uh, give you a follow right now. And Justin, where can they find your work? Um, well, I thought that YouTube Bengals collector, I actually haven't really done anything since I moved. So, you know, it's there. If not, uh, you know, I'm not, not really promoting it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah, no, we, uh, we, we've enjoyed, I think, uh, we all watched a, an episode or two of your, uh, your car collecting. So, uh, definitely, uh, you know, we'll share it to the rest of the guys that listen and, and, uh, maybe get a few more, uh, watchers. All right, cool. I guess with that, we'll wrap up this episode of Ravens Recap. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Ravens underscore recap or send us an email at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'll see what happens in this game, uh, the fight for the division early on. We'll be back next week to go over what happened and uh, I guess then enjoy a bye week. So we'll see how it goes. Go Ravens. <laughs>